Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network invite you to discover your mission. A brand new in-depth monthly video series featuring engaging Catholic speakers who will challenge you to live your life abundantly. For only $25 a month, you will receive a personal monthly mission, including three full-length inspirational talks that build upon a new theme each month. Sign up for the Discover Your Mission tier at patreon.com slash Patchwork Heart Ministry today. Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry present Journeys in Faith. Now, here's Andy Santis. Hi, welcome to Journeys in Faith on this Friday evening. My name is Ann DeSantis. It's great to be here with you this evening because I have a fabulous guest and her name is Dr. Mary Amore. She is the Executive Director for Mays Lake Ministries in Illinois. So Mary, thank you so much for joining us here on Journeys in Faith. Oh, Anne, thank you for having me. It's an honor. So I'm very happy to be here with you. Well, it's an honor for us, so thank you. I know you are also a good friend of this network, of Fiat Ministry Network, and also mm -hmm. Patchwork Heart Ministry, that's Bill Snyder, because right. you, you have done a series for Patchwork Heart about the Eucharist. And I, I did. I just finished filming it, which is very exciting. So It really is, and I'm blessed because I got to watch the whole series, and it was just terrific, and it really enriched me in my faith and my knowledge of the Eucharist. So Thank I highly you. recommend that to those who are watching or listening. Here. I, re I really do hope so. And you know, the, the thing I like about um, the series is that, you know, it takes the greatest mystery of our faith and, it, and it, it brings it into our hearts and how we can live the Eucharist, how we can experience Jesus' real presence, um, how it can transform us and heal us and then send us out into the world to be his presence. So. I do encourage everybody to um, watch the series. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh yeah, it truly is amazing. And I'll just tell them now if they have their phone, I'm sure they do, <laughs> phone, laptop, whatever. Yep. Uh, you want to go to www.patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry. And there you can find the series. Now you can become a member of Patreon too. And there's different levels there of, of membership. And what it's all about is bringing a parish mission straight to you, a digital download copy that's yours forever to keep and to go back and, and listen to again. So it, it's just a wonderful thing. And we'll talk a lot more about that, you know, during the show. But just to ex extend that out to those who are here on uh, this broadcast to Absolutely. check it out. Yeah. Great opportunity. It really is a great opportunity. And also I should mention that there's also other Catholic speakers and authors that are on that Patreon site too. So if you become mm -hmm. a member of it, then you can also uh, get access to those other programs. So mm -hmm. it's just a good thing. Uh, Absolutely. Tonight on this Friday evening is all about you and also your ministry because you are the executive director for Mays Lake Ministries. Mm -hmm. And I thought we could start out with, as we always do <laughs> on Journeys in Faith, because this really is about your journey in faith. And, you know, we learn so much from the stories of those people who have been so enriched in their walk with Christ. And you're one of those people. You, know, you, you have a, a relationship with Christ. And 
that's what life is really all about is that we come closer to God. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I think you're right. I think sometimes we, we fail to realize that all of us have a story and our, our stories are really, I mean, there are, there are personal story, but there are story of how we all came to know and love Jesus. And um, so I, I think that I thank you for the opportunity and I love your show because it does give people a chance to, to, to tell their story of, of how they, came to be in relationship with Jesus because none of us are born that way you know it's something we have to choose and so um so you know my story be begins back in the 1950s I know for many people that's a history lesson but you know I was a baby boomer and born in the 1950s and I went to Catholic grammar school and high school and college so I only know the Catholic way of life which I really feel is a blessing for me um but at the same time Growing up um, at, in my little Catholic grammar school, my mom was Lutheran. And back then, in the pre-Vatican II days, you know, the good sisters would tell me, you know, your mom's going to go to hell because she's not Catholic. You know, we're paying good tuition for this, you know, um, information. So I would go home and tell my mom, you know, I'm eight years old. And I go, Mom, Sister Mary Agnes said you're going to go to hell. <laughs> my mother, in all of her wisdom, would say, oh, sis. There's only one God and many avenues to pray to him. And so, you know, reflecting back on that, my mom was really um, sowing seeds of um, ecumenical ideas in my mind that, you know, God's mercy and grace is larger than just one little avenue, you know. And so, and, and another thing about my mom is um, my faith. I remember, you know, when I was a child, I was terrified just terrified of uh, thunderstorms. And so when it would thunder and lightning, my mom would pull out the Bible and she would, and we had this big, big like table Bible with beautiful pictures in it. And she would um, tell me Bible stories. And then when the thunder would come, you know, um, she'd go, oh, it's just the angels bowling. She goes, you have nothing to fear. And again, when I became an adult, I looked back on those moments and I realized what my mom was teaching was not the angels are bowling, but to trust in God, most especially when we are afraid. And so, you know, even though, you know, like my mom wasn't Catholic, she taught me so much about faith, you know, and, and, and you know, and throughout my, my grammar school years, you know, and I, and I, I do allude to this in the, the, the DVD series on the Eucharist, you know, I... You know, I learned the Baltimore Catechism, and that was memory, memorization, and I'm sure I got all A's on it. You know, my Catholic father, he was Irish Catholic, you know, he would not have been pleased with anything less. So I'm sure I got all A's on my catechism. But you know what? I only knew about Jesus. I didn't know Jesus. Um, and it's, and it's, you know, again, at that time in the 50s, the good sisters at my Catholic grammar school they raised me with an image of God that was going to strike me dead if I missed mass only once and I was eight years old and didn't drive. So um, it's very hard to be in a loving relationship with a God that you fear because he's going to strike you dead and send you to hell. Um, it wasn't until I went to high school, another Catholic high school, but it was after Vatican II, that a priest said something to us sophomore girls that just changed my life forever. Because he said, speak to Jesus as if he were your friend. Mm -hmm. 
Well, I was 16 years old. I certainly knew what a friend was. And, and I, I slowly then began to try and cultivate this friendship with Jesus. It was still mainly head knowledge. It hadn't moved down to my heart yet. Um, but, I, but I did know that there was another way to learn about Jesus rather than just through the pages of the catechism or doctrine. There was a heart-centered way. And I, and I began to feel that tug. I really wanted to know who Jesus was. Don't tell me what he is. I wanted to experience him. And so that started <clears throat> germinating in me. And again, I was always faithful. I always went to mass. I've never strayed. So when we got married and, you know, my kids were little, um, I was trying to teach them about Jesus, most especially when Lauren was being <clears throat> prepared for her first communion. And she was asking me questions that I was really struggling with. I could give her back the doctrine, but it, I could see that in the glaze of her eyes, it just wasn't penetrating. And I thought, what am I missing? I, I, there's got to be something more. Jesus is there in the Eucharist, and yet all I can do is recite what I learned as a child. So I knew there was this disconnect, and I really, really, really <clears throat> asked the Lord to reveal himself to me. And, and here's the thing. When you ask the Lord for something like that, you know, um, reveal yourself to me through the Eucharist, reveal yourself to me um, with your love and mercy, you know, stand back because it's going to happen. You know, that I believe is when we see, when we read in scripture where it says, um, you know, seek and you shall find, ask and the door shall be open. It's not, I don't think, at least it's been my experience. It's not because, you know, you ask him for a new car and you're going to get it. No. Yes. <laughs> if you ask to come closer to Jesus, if you ask to experience him in the Eucharist, believe me, he's just been waiting your whole life for you to ask. So, you know, that's a good thing. But oh, I really, so amazing. I, I think the defining moment um, of at least my faith journey was when I was 36 years old. Um, I lost both my parents in the same year. And it was really, it was transformational. Um, my mom got sick first. She uh, got lung cancer and, and died very quickly after four months. But while she was in the throes of her cancer, you know, I used to pray every day for her to be healed, for her to be healed. <clears throat> and, that, and then something began to change the, the wind on my sails. And, and I, I don't know if it was from scripture I was reading or what, but I, I began to then just put her in God's hands. You know, I said, Lord, it's not my will, but yours be done. I, if she's not going to get better, then please help her to go to heaven and, and help me to, um, to get through this. So it not, now I changed my prayers from, please heal her, because this is what I want, to, okay, if it is her time to go home, then <clears throat> please help me to get through this, because my mom was my best friend, and I was scrambling. My daughter was only four. Joey was a baby. So, um, so the night my mom died, remember, she was um, Lutheran. Mm. <clears throat> so she just happened to be taken to an emergency room at a Catholic hospital. And so everybody was on their way, but I got there first. And the priest comes out and he says to me, you know, your mom is, she's dying. Um, is there anything I can do for you? And, and in the blink of a minute, I said, yes. I said, can you make her Catholic? I said, she always wanted to be, but she never had the time. Truly, that is what I said in response mm. to my, I'm being told my mom was going to die. 
And so um, this priest, this angel of God sent to me at that moment said, hold on. He went into her room. I thought he was making her Catholic. What did I know? And he comes out and I says, everything okay? He goes, everything's just fine. And it wasn't until years later when I went to graduate school and I really began to really study and, and learn and experience Jesus that I realized that, that that priest was sent by God for me. Um, my mom didn't need him. He, she was already in the arms and mercy of God. But he came to me um, because I, he was talking to a 36-year-old woman, but really an 8-year-old little girl who wanted to do everything to get her mom to heaven. Good point. And, I, and I look back at that and I think, you know what, if that priest had said, you know, what are you, crazy? She's in a coma or she didn't go to RCIA. I think I would have walked away from my faith because those are moments in our in our faith journey, not for only me, but for everybody, where we have to listen to people's, where are they? And we have to meet them right there because seriously, he met an eight-year-old little girl who just was so afraid her mother wasn't going to go to heaven. Why? Because that's what she was taught in grammar school. So that, you know, that really just resonated with me. And then as soon as my mom passed away, I had to take care of my dad because he had been failing with his heart, but my mom kind of just came in and went home first. So then my dad, I had to take care of him. And really, um, I had to sometimes move in on the weekends because his caretaker wasn't there on the week. week she was only there on the weekdays. So here's the thing. My parents were growing up. My parents were um, 40 and 42 when they had me. So, you know, we would go places and people go, oh, that nice your grandparents are taking you out and you know and I was very aware that my parents were older and so I would always tell them because my parents were afraid that they would be um put in a rust home or something I go no 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 I will never do that I will always take care of you well be aware of what you say you know be aware yes. of what you promise and so long story short this particular morning I get my father's in the hospital he had he has, uh, he's failing from heart and he has a do not uh, recit resuscitate on his bed. And the doctor called me that morning. He said, Mary, your father is dying. He said, but he could be, this was 30 years ago before they had hospice. He said, he could stay this way for a while. He's got to go to a rest home tomorrow. We can't keep him in the hospital because of insurance. Magic word, rest home. I go, oh my gosh. So he goes, do you want to tell him or should I? I go, no, I'll tell him. So I lived about 90 seconds from the hospital. So I get in the car. On my way over, I, I prayed to the Lord. I said, Lord, please. I know you're calling dad home to be with mom and everything. I said, could you just, you know, could you just not let him suffer? Take him home soon. Um, and one more thing, let me be with him. I didn't want him to die alone. I was with my mom. So I'm there that morning. I'm trying to get the courage to tell my dad he's going to a rest home the next day, and um, I, I couldn't get it out. And all of a sudden, they brought his lunch tray. So I said, oh, Dad, here, let me help cut your lunch. I said, because I've got to go home, take care of the kids. I said, I'll be back. So I literally had my coat on. They bring his lunch tray in. I go to cut his meat, and my father just, he, he, he just has a massive heart attack right in front of me. So they, they come running in and they said, you know, what do you want to do? Do you want to override this? And I, and I, and I knew 
my prayers had been answered. I, I don't know. I, I, I said, you know what? I said, it was his time to go home. But then when I sat there with him and they let, let me sit there all by myself, I realized, Dan, I had my coat on. Two minutes later, I'd have been gone and he would have died alone. Um, the Lord heard my prayers, even though they were prayers in the middle of a cross. I was losing my father. Um, I sat there with such peace because I knew, one, my dad was home with God, but two, that the Lord was with me again. And these cross moments, these, these deathbed moments on my parents, I do believe were pivotal because through both of those tragedies, I was able to see God's grace and hand so clearly that it transformed my life. Um, you know, and, and so then, um, you know, the only way I could find solace was to go to, to daily mass because it was like there I felt like I could connect with them. Yes, I went to the cemetery too, but spiritually I, I, I needed to connect with them. I, and so I would go to daily mass, all of my two kids, one's an infant and one's four years old. And um, it's all connected because after going to daily mass for about two, three years, um, the priest, one of the priests says to me, he goes, you know, he goes, um, maybe you'd like to be on our liturgy committee. I said, what's a liturgy committee? He said, well, we plan the mass. I said, well, what's the plan? He said, it's all in that red book, right? You know, I have a doctorate in liturgical studies now. Oh, wow. So that goes to show you. I go, you know, he said, no. He said, just come to the meetings. Well, I went to the meetings and I was totally lost. I didn't know what they were talking about because again, all I knew was textbook knowledge. Um, so this priest said, you know what, Mary, you seem so eager to learn. He said, why don't you, you know, you can study, you can study the mass, you can study litur liturgy. I said, really? He goes, yeah. And there happened to be a Catholic theological union in the city. And so um, he said, I think you should apply. So I did, and I got accepted, and, you know, then I, it took me nine years, and to get my master's degree, because I was obviously taking care of my family as well, um, and then, you know, I went on and got my doctorate, all in liturgical studies, and that thread can be taken back all the way to when my parents passed away. It, wow. To me, it's just amazing. It is amazing. It is. I love that. Now, I didn't know some of the pieces to the story because I watched your Eucharist series mm -hmm. and you did talk a little bit about, uh, you know, that part about your mother's death. And, you know, yeah. and I felt that right inside my heart that you were able to just give that to God. The fact mm -hmm. that when the priest came out of the room and said that, you know, your mother had passed and you wanted her to become Catholic, but you kind of realized that, you know, God's got it under control yeah. where she is. And he does. so praise God for that. And mm -hmm. what a beautiful story. And so proud of you that you uh, worked on your master's and your doctorate. And here you are working at Mays Lake Ministries in Illinois. Yeah. So there's so many good things happening there. It is. So yeah. What happened sort of after all of that, you know, you got your doctorate and then how did the story continue? Well, I have to share one quick story, okay, Please. because I, this is an amazing story, because I live in the suburbs, and the Catholic Theological Union is in Hyde Park, way on the lakefront. It's an hour drive one way, and I was terrified to drive. I really was, and it's city parking. There is no parking, so um, 
my husband drove me the first three or four times to class because I was petrified to go. And so he said, you know, Mary, I'm going to lose my job. I can't keep doing this. You're going to have to learn to drive down here. I said, but there's no place to park. So we got this idea to make out flyers and, and put them in people's mailboxes to see if they would rent me a parking space. And um, of course, he went to put the flyers in and they're all apartment buildings where you have to buzz. So it's city living. There, there's not anywhere you can put a flyer. That particular day, my husband said, okay, and this, I'm telling this story because it goes to show if God has a plan for you, he will move the mountains and move the Red Sea and make you go through. So my husband, Joe, said, you know what? You're going to have to quit because there is no place to park. Um, and, you know, you're afraid and okay, fine. So as we were leaving school that day, we went through the alley instead of going down the, the, the main street, Cornell, that it's on. And right next to the school was a three-story apartment building. And there was a woman on the second floor watering flowers. So my husband stops the car and he goes, excuse me. He said, you know, my wife is going to see to you. And, you know, I was wondering, do you have any parking spaces she could rent? This woman looks at me. She goes, you know what? She goes, I'm a woman of great faith. She goes, um, she goes, the fact that I'm out here, I should have, I took the day off of work. She said, yes. She goes, we have two spaces and I will give you one. I said, I jumped out of the car. I said, oh my gosh, you are my guardian angel. She goes, what did you say? I said, you're my guardian angel. With that, she picks up a book she's reading, Anne, and it's entitled My Guardian Angel. But wait, the story gets better. Her name was Jody Martinez. Um, and Jody, um, uh, the, so the very next time I would go to school that I would park was October 2nd, which is the Feast of the Guardian Angel. I was just thinking that, yeah. And oh that parking space was there for me in Hyde Park. Um, morning, noon, night, night times, weekends for nine years. I never saw Jody again. I never saw her. We would leave thank you notes. We'd leave little packages. Never saw her. Um, I do believe God put her in my life that day so that I could go to school because it's with my education that I was able to do what I'm doing today. So. It is oh, amazing. That is incredible. I love that story. I yeah. hope you have that written down. At it's least it's now recorded on this show. It's it permanent. Is <laughs> it is my guardian angel story. It's for all of your listeners and your viewers to realize that God is watching over us. And, and we don't have to do it alone. You know, when we're afraid, we just need to call upon him for strength and courage, spirit for wisdom. Um, it's all there. You know, we're not alone. So I believe that completely. Yeah. I've experienced that too. So thank you for sharing. That's beautiful. It really is. Thank you. That's right. So, um, so you asked me how that, um, how my education came into be, you know, here. Yes. Yeah, so it's so funny because while I was doing my master's and then went from back for my doctorate, um, I was working at our home, my home parish, which was great. You know, my kids are going to school there. I'm the director of liturgy at my home parish. Life was sweet. And but once I got my doctorate, I kind of knew I had, um, you know, like outgrown the job. So I, I, I said to God when I was going to this for my degree, my doctoral, I, I said, okay, I, I guess you want me to teach. I, you know, I don't know. So as soon as I got my doctoral degree, I sent out, um, you know, uh, job resumes to all of the Catholic colleges around here, which are many. 
And I never got so many letters of rejection. I could have wallpapered my bathroom wall. So I said, okay, Lord, what is it you want me to do with this degree? And he let me sit there for 18 months, practicing patience and perseverance. But then finally, one day I was reading the newspaper, our Catholic newspaper, and there was this job ad that said, um, executive director needed for Maze Lake Ministries. New vision, new this, new that. You know, like Saint, I think it's St. Catherine of Siena where she said she had the hearts, the arrows in the heart or something. It was like one of those. I was like, oh, this is it. So I sent my resume in, blah, 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 blah. Um, and four interviews later, now here again, I have to tell these stories because this is my story. Um, I get the call that I got this job on a Sunday afternoon. I mean, who is told they have a job on a Sunday afternoon? But it was exactly. December 4th. December 4th is my parents' anniversary. My oh, goodness. So my last day at, at St. Mary's where I worked was January 13th, which is my mother's birthday. And the first day I started here was January 29th, which is the day my mom went home to heaven. So I think I had a little heavenly help getting this job. Yeah, I'll <laughs> say. Seriously. So but I've been here 14 years now, and it's just been life-giving. And, and I think it, it, it for you as well, because you could see where you, what you're doing is life-giving. I think when Thank we're you. lucky enough or blessed enough to find out, to discover the road that God wants us on, it's... It, it feeds our soul. It's like tapping into a well that has no bottom. Yeah. That's right. And especially when you have a position that there is so much life-giving pieces to that. Mm -hmm. I think with every job that we do, there's always going to be the parts of it that we're not as crazy about, right? But when... <laughs> Administration. <laughs> Administration stuff, yeah. right? Exactly. But when you're doing something that you really know you're touching people's hearts, you're using the gifts and talents that you have yeah. to let people know the love of Christ. I mean, mm -hmm. how beautiful is that? So I want to thank you so much for the great work that you're doing. Now we do have to take a short break, but before we do that, I just invite everybody to hang around for the second half because there's a lot more to know about Dr. Mary Amore of Mays Lake Ministries, the executive director. And please, please join us again in just a few minutes. We'll be right back. Hi, my name is Ann DeSantis, and I'm the director for the St. Raymond Onatis Foundation for Freedom, Family, and Faith. You can learn about us on our website at nonatis.org. I'm here to tell you today about two great podcasts that I hope that you will tune in. The first Tuesday of every month at 8 o'clock, we have a podcast specifically for Catholics affected by divorce. From 8 to 9 p.m. Eastern, go to Philly Nonatis on YouTube to subscribe. In addition, we also have a podcast the last Thursday of every month. That's also at 8 o'clock Eastern Time for one hour. And that one is for families in crisis. We have some really great guests coming up soon, so hope to see you then. Please also consider the fact that you can make spiritual direction appointments with us with our spiritual moderator. All you need to do is go to our website on the contact form and just reach out to us. We'd be happy to hear from you and look forward to setting up an appointment. So we'd love to connect with you. Please share this video and let people know that we're there for families affected by divorce and also families in crisis. Thank you.
Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network present the Discover Your Mission series. When I was young, in the 1950s, I attended Catholic Grammar School and I memorized the Baltimore Catechism. In fact, I think I got an A on all of my tests. Um, I faithfully attended Mass each week, not because I wanted to, but because I was afraid if I didn't, I would suffer eternal damnation. I followed all the rules. I followed my Catholic faith um, faithfully. But it wasn't until I became a wife and a mother and I began to try and pass my faith on to my children that I realized that everything I knew about Jesus was memorized doctrine. I can't even share with you how I was so wrote in my faith. And I was attending this, but I was not present. I was a good man, I was a good father, I was instilling the sacraments into my family. Uh, I was definitely not intentional. I was stuck rope in my feet. But what kind of strength did he have? Jackie did not just have a strength of body or baseball skill. He had a strength inside of his spirit, a courageous meekness that empowered him to play the game and I tell him what is going on with me and he's like oh okay and I'm like no 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 I think this is like some sort of miracle dude and he's like okay, you know of course but I'll believe it when I see it honey you've been trying to quit and you've been saying this and saying that and I'm a, you know he his big line to me is you shouldn't say things <laughs> because I never followed through on them and so this was week after week month after month he is looking at me like, this is a miracle. There is no way that you, on your own, could have done this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 through 21, St. Paul compares the sacrifice of the Christians to the sacrifice of Israel and then to the sacrifice of the pagans. Paul calls the chalice the blood of Christ and the bread as participation in the body of Christ and then warns his listeners that you cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons at the same time. So in other words, you need to decide what are you going to participate in? Are you going to participate in the historic Christian idea of the altar of sacrifice, which is in the Eucharist or not? Hi, welcome back to Journeys in Faith here on this Friday night. It's so great to be here with you and with my fabulous guest, Dr. Mary Amore, who is the Executive Director of Mays Lake Ministries in Illinois. You can learn about them at maeslakeministries.org. So please do check it out. And I encourage you to also like their social media presence at the same name. And they're really doing so many great things. I just want to read to all of you a little bit about the actual ministry. It's a nonprofit Catholic Christian ministry that engages Catholics in a modern world specializing in spiritual direction, both in person and online. Their mission is to help to deepen, deepen one's relationship with 
Jesus Christ, and they were founded in 1991. So how do you like being the executive director? Oh, you know what, Ann? I, I absolutely love it. Um, I thank God every day for this opportunity. And, and certainly, you know, like anybody, when they take over uh, a new position, you don't know what you know, it sounds great and you have no idea, but my, my little analogy is uh, we're a little boat um, in a very big sea, um, but you know what? God's hand is upon our ministry. As you said, um, you know, we were founded in 1991 um, by Father Jonathan Foster. We're Franciscan in origin, but our history in the Chicago area really dates back to the 1920s because we were um, formerly known as the St. Francis Retreat House from 1920s to 1991. And when the Franciscans had to sell the retreat house and the property around it, um, you know, to stay financially afloat in 1991, Father Jonathan Foster, the retreat master there, thought the work they were doing was too valuable to just let go. So he founded Maze Lake Ministries as a retreat house without walls. And so we have for almost 30 years, it'll be 30 years next year, we've been taking the gospel on the road. You know, we operate out of um, an office building. So I always tease people. I said, yes. I said, you know, I don't have to change sheets. I don't have to worry about that. You know, um, but we do, you know, parish missions. We, um, we do uh, adult faith formation programs. Um, and we really do specialize in spiritual direction. And, it, and again, it's funny. Um, I've been here 14 years. And when I took over in, um, in 14 years ago, we had four spiritual directors. And you have to understand the St. Francis Retreat House was a male retreat house. So we had this, this male um, uh, kind of designation on Mays Lake. And then, then I come in. <laughs> and I said, oh, well, we need to open up the programs to males and females. You know, who's mostly in the pews, you know. Anyway, long story short, we now offer, obviously, all of our programs to um, men and women uh, looking for spiritual um, enrichment and to deepen their walk with Christ. So we've gone from four spiritual directors. We now have 40 spiritual directors on staff. We have three pastoral counselors as well. And so day and night, um, especially in this environment, um, you know, we have, we're putting all of our programs online. Um, our spiritual direction is online, but also in person. You know, we've, anyone that's in the Chicago area, we do offer it in person. But, you know, you and I were talking before, I call Project Lemonade because we're making lemonade out of lemons. The virus has been the lemon. It's been the blah. Um, and, but it's forced us, forced me, to kind of recreate Maze Lake Ministries once again. And so this year we find ourselves offering all of our programs and services online. And because of that, we are now ministering to people in uh, Florida, in Nevada, in uh, Fresno, in Tucson, in Dallas. It, it's amazing because the beauty of technology, as you know, Anne, because your program reaches everybody, um, is that it takes down the walls and it allows you to use the technology that, that God has given us and, and to really um, use it to reach people and to help them on their walk with Christ. So I really feel very blessed. Now, you know, I'm not saying it's not stressful because 
I didn't grow up with Zoom. <laughs> and so trying to learn all this stuff is, um, you know, it's it's been a, a learning process, but all of our spiritual directors are so open um, to just walking the journey with people, whether it's by phone or Zoom or FaceTime, we are here to help people. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah, I love your website and uh, invite people to check it out. And I know that there's a lot of different things on that website. For instance, mm -hmm. I know you have uh, vet ministries for yes. veterans. You yes. have mom's ministries, parish collaborators, weekend retreats. I mean, I'm just listing some of them. Maybe we could go back to the vet ministries. That's very yes. interesting. Thank you for asking about our vets ministry. When I Here's the thing about Maze Lake or Maze Lake through my eyes. You know, when I took it over, uh, I thought to myself, wh where is the need and how can we create a program for it? And so 14 years ago, you know, um, obviously we were still kind of, you know, at war in certain places in the United States. And so, you know, the military was more in people's minds and stuff. Um, but the vets, you know, what about the vets? And so um, we found, I created this program the very first year we were here. Um, and it, it's, it's a program that is designed to help veterans um, who are um, struggling with post-traumatic spiritual stress. And I say that because the whole crux of the program is we know God has forgiven them, but these brave men and women who fought so hard for us, they've done things, uh, they've had to do things that they can't forgive themselves for. And so there, these the spiritual trauma and war, uh, the spiritual wounds of war, are deep. And so the whole um, basis of this Veterans Weekend that we offer um, is that it's run by Sister Linda McLennan. She is herself a Vietnam vet who oh, wow. lost her faith hmm. when she came home from what she saw. Um, obviously regained it, uh, became a Dominican nun, and then went on to be a counselor and exclusively does um, work with the military in the post-traumatic spiritual stress area. So Lynn, Sister Lynn has been working with us for uh, 14 years. And these weekend retreats, which by the way, even though we're a not-for-profit, um, we offer these free of charge to our military as a way of saying thank you. You know, and then, you know, we ask for donations for it. But within this weekend, um, our military are given the opportunity to tell their story. Mm. So because important. It's in the telling of the mm. story that they can release it. Now, I if agree. they told the story mm. to you and me, our eyes would go, whoa, what? You did what? And see, another military person would totally not do that. They would understand. So that's why so much healing goes on because Sister Linda is military and she's ministering to military. Um, and so we don't let anybody that's not, uh, we let a significant other or spouses come with because it, it's, a, it's a disease that you know goes through the family. But we have helped hundreds of uh, military families. Uh, and then we, then we go on and they, we offer them spiritual direction as well or counseling on a one-on-one -on -one session. So that is so beautiful. Yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking, especially at this time right now, unfortunately, right here in our country, we're seeing a lot of violence and things like that. Mm -hmm. So you know, we pray for those people who are affected by the violence there and pray. It doesn't escalate, right? Right. Exactly. Um, but and, you but know, also and, prayers and line, for everyone. We also 
have a, a first responders ministry. Mm. So, um, you know, we encourage our brave men and women in uniform, you know, if they're struggling with everything that they're going through, you know, they certainly can um, call us and we can um, get somebody to walk with them and help them realize, um, you know, that, that there is still goodness in this world. God is here, even though they're Amen. facing, you know, evil every single day. How do we find, how do, how do they find God in the everyday life? So, mm. so we're here to help them as well. It's just excellent. It puts a big smile on my face just to know that God is at work there mm -hmm. in your ministry and in your life too. Thank you. Uh, and such beautiful, beautiful things that are happening. Now, there's another thing called the mom's ministry. That's also mm -hmm. very important. If you could tell us about yep. that. We started a mom's ministry um, and it's, uh, it's basically for younger moms. Um, so we have like five moms that are in their thirties or so, because again, you know, just because you have a mom or uh, maybe uh, a sister or something, you can't always, or you don't feel comfortable going to them talking about your spiritual life. So this is a ministry that, again, it's online now, but it's, it's designed to help young moms who are, you know, in the throes of raising their kids. And, you know, I wish we had had a mom's ministry when I was trying to teach my kids about faith. You know, I think I would have called a friend and said, help me. You know, so, I mean, these are women who are just here to walk the journey with moms, um, single moms, you know, divorced moms. We've got, you know, moms, they just have to be moms. And, um, and we're here to help them. That's all. Just help them realize again, that no matter what they're going through, God is there. You know, mm. We so often think that we're alone, but what happens is we've abandoned God. God never abandons us. So That's all we to need hear. to do is just turn our, our heads back toward God. And, you know, he's like the prodigal father. He just runs out to greet us. So, Amen. Praise God. I'm just going to read off a few other things that you do. Sure. And you can talk as much or little as you want about okay. them. But the weekend retreats, uh, dynamic parish mission speakers, uh, the marriage enrichment, caregivers ministry, grief support, centering prayer, liturgical ministry training, and learning about the intimacy with God. I mean, I just listed off some of them and there's even more. So yes, I mean, please speak about those things. You know, there, again, I, when I, sometimes, you know, when you're working with it every day, you don't realize, but hearing you say all that, you know, the depth and breadth of the programs we offer here, because we have 40 people who are affiliated with Mesa. It doesn't mean that they're working here 24 seven, but you know, when I call up and say, I have a spiritual directive for you or something, they have um, other ministry jobs, but to have 40 gifted people associated with one ministry um, that now can, you know, do it online. It is amazing. You know, um, the parish missions, I mean, I, I certainly love doing those. Obviously, we can't do those in person. So kudos to you and Bill for coming <laughs> up with this idea that the mission can come to people. And you know, you. that's just wonderful. So I do encourage people to do that, um, to sign up for your series. Oh, you know, we you. have, um, you know, uh, a grief. We have three grief counselors on staff. And it's not always grieving a loved one that we encounter in these sessions you know sometimes you're just even today people are grieving the loss of normalcy you know Amen. Uh, we're grieving the loss you know of not being able to see our family members if they live far away you know my son lives in boston i struggle every day that i don't know when i'm going to see him again because we can't get on the plane 
to go see him. He can't get on the plane to go see us because we're quarantined states. And it's just the world we live in. And, and maybe because I'm walking with Christ every single day, I, I can get up and say, okay, Lord, we're going to get through this. But there's others that really do struggle with this the isolation we're having and, and the grief and the loss of a loved one. And so we're here to help them. Um, everyone's journey is different. And that's why we have 40 spiritual directors on staff because it's not a cookie cutter ministry. When people call for spiritual direction, you know, I, I do the intake calls and I, I listen and I, I try and hear um, something, word, phrase, whatever they've said, um, almost like a Lectio Divina phone call, and then to set them up with the right spiritual director. Mm -hmm. um, because it is utmost important at Maze Lake to help people um, come back to Christ or to deepen their walk with Christ or to make sense out of the senseless that's going on. So You said it so well. And I invite people watching too, because I know you do that online. Mm -hmm. So they can pretty much be from anywhere. You're located anywhere. near Chicago, but no matter right. where you are, whether East Coast, West Coast, South, North, we can help you know, them. Maze Lake. So please go to mazelakeministries.org and arrange for that spiritual direction and get in touch with Dr. Mary Amore. What would be like a direct way that they can contact you? Can you give us you maybe know an email or something? Um, they, I, yes, they could do that. Um, my email is m amore a m o r e at mazelakeministries.org um or you can also call us at 630-852-9000 um, and just ask for mary um you know it's a very small office so it's either mary or april <laughs> no that's perfect yeah and, and we'll take you know um we'll be happy to um to, i'll call you we'll talk and we'll set you up with someone who can really really help you so well, you know, I like that because I'm in the Philadelphia area here and I know myself and even for myself have been in times where I wanted to find a spiritual director mm -hmm. and just was having a hard time. But now that people are doing this online ministry like yourselves, I mean, right. certainly makes it a lot easier that you can find somebody anywhere. Mm -hmm. You don't necessarily have to meet with them in person. So right. that's really and, a big thing. Yeah. Thank you. And, and, you know, I just, you know, I'm going to say something because again, you know, when I first started, you know, years ago, somebody said the word, a priest said to me, you should be in spiritual direction. And I mm. said, isn't that just for priests and nuns? Uh, no, it's not. Spiritual direction is the greatest gift we can give ourselves because it's, it's not somebody telling you what to do. Do this, That's do that, right. do this. It's not direction. It's basically the spiritual director is... Um, like a facilitator, maybe. A facilitator for the mm -hmm. Holy Spirit. And mm -hmm. it's the art of sacred listening. That's why I said you listen to people's stories. And you help them realize in that story, no matter how convoluted and how horrible it is, how can we find God's presence there? Mm. And that can be so healing and, and so transformative. Um, and so I do encourage anyone who, you know, is listening to, um, to seek out spiritual direction. Oh, that's just perfect. Thank you. Uh, now, I would love for us to spend some time talking about your beautiful series with uh, Patchwork Heart Ministry and Fiat Ministry Network. Mm -hmm. Again, it's the series on the Eucharist. It is a three-part series by Dr. Mary Amore. And I'm blessed because I'm a member and I've watched the, the series. And I'll tell you, I got so much from it. And, and now I feel like I have a, even a greater appreciation for my faith, but most especially for the Eucharist. Mm 
So please talk to us about that. If somebody's watching and thinking, you know, I want to learn more about the Eucharist. I want to have more of an appreciation. What can, when they watch this series, what will they come away with? You know, Ian, I, I think um, that if somebody, you know, sits and, and watches it and they're really seeking the real presence of Jesus, that I do believe that they, it could, obviously with some prayer and Holy Spirit, um, this could really kind of turn them around. Because again, we are so taught that, you know, it's the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus. But how many of us have really experienced that? Um, have really, you know, you know, like say, don't tell me God is merciful. Let me experience his mercy. So don't tell me Jesus is in the Eucharist. How can I experience that? And within this um, D, uh, series this, that, we, that I made, um, uh, you know, it offers very easy ways for people to um, deepen and intensify their experience of Jesus when they come to Mass. You know, it is a transformative experience. It's not just the bread and wine that are the objects of transformation, but our heart is as well. You know, one of my favorite um, quotes, and it's not in the series, so I'll tell it to you now, but Godfrey Diekman was a Benedictine uh, father of the uh, Vatican Council. And he wrote, what difference does it make if the bread and wine turn into the body and blood of Christ, but we don't? Mm. Oh, that's think that's about a good that. Quote. If the miracle only stays on the table and never comes into our heart, then what difference does it make? So the whole goal, the whole um, idea of us coming to the Eucharistic table and encountering Jesus is so that we can then become that very mystery that we receive. As St. Augustine says. So if you approach the Eucharistic table with all of these um, ideas and concepts and, and seeking in mind, I, I think that you can really have a deeper experience of Jesus in the Eucharist. Well, use the word intensify and, and transform. They're great mm -hmm. words to really expand on what you will get from watching that series mm -hmm. and from the wisdom of Dr. Mary Amore. So I just encourage everybody again. Now they watch the commercial during the break for the Patreon series. Mm -hmm. And again, you know, it's, it's right there. If you watch it, it's a uh, patreon.com slash patchwork heart ministry. And if you subscribe to that $25 a month level, you will be enriched because that is a permanent copy of a parish mission delivered right to you through this digital download. And like I said, I'm part of that, and I love being a member of the series. So I thanks to Bill and Ken, Bill Snyder and Kent Kohoski for developing uh, the beautiful Discover Your Mission series. So any other words about uh, what you did and working on that program? Because you really did a great job explaining not only the Eucharist, but you weaved in there your own personal journey, just like you did with us on this show. You know, I think, um, thanks, Anne. Um, again, it, it goes back to, you know, all the knowledge in the world is not going to draw us closer to God. It is our human stories. Everybody has a story, but when you can connect your story to the mystery of our faith, the greatest mystery of our faith, the Eucharist, you know, um, whether it's a transformative moment, a healing moment, or I can't wait to go out and tell people about how I experienced Jesus. And we call that discipleship or evangelization. Um, you know, I, Jesus is just waiting for you. 
Um, so I do think that this series that, you know, I, um, that God helped me create, because it's certainly all the work of the Holy Spirit, um, coming from a, a, a girl that, you know, really didn't know anything but book work when I was little. So it is transformative. Uh, when you come to Jesus, he transforms your whole life. And this is one way of you experiencing Jesus in the Eucharist. That's amazing. I thought we could also talk about what our country is going through. And if you had any tips, somebody might be watching and they're really going through that rough time. Now, we already talked about the fact that Maze Lake offers that spiritual direction mm -hmm. and the pastoral counseling. So I just invite them to, you know, connect with you and, or with the ministry and find out more. But would you have any tips, maybe a few tips just for healing um, that somebody may be able to start on right away to, yeah. to help them to really get through this time? You know, the pandemic has been hard for many people. Mm -hmm. You know, and thank you for saying that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm there too. You know, I was isolated for two and a half months in the beginning. And, you know, now that we're out, I mean, you know, you're either afraid to be with people, you're afraid to be alone, you're afraid the churches are closing, you're afraid that they're opening. I mean, if you put the TV on and it looks like the world is going, it's gone. Um, so how, how do we cope with that, like right now? You know, um, one of my favorite gospels is um, Peter uh, in, in the boat and the rocking seas and Jesus is coming toward him and he's, you know, they think he's a ghost, so they're afraid. And Jesus says, come. So Peter steps out of the water onto the water and he starts walking but again those waves of fear come at him and he takes his eyes off of jesus and boom he goes down jesus pulls him out to anyone who's listening all i can say is say the words of saint peter every time fear engulfs you stop what you're doing give that situation over to god and say lord save me lord save me lord give me courage lord protect me it's it's so small so simple but it has such a profound effect on your life now that's so. that is excellent advice excellent advice thank you so much so were there any other resources as well that you know of because you you're located near chicago and we mm -hmm. have a national audience here on this show at journeys in faith uh, were there any other resources that you would like to share with anyone uh faith faith resources that well might be i mean helpful? you know besides all of the um uh, programs and services we offer to Maze like at Maze like um, we also have you know we have a wonderful devotion to Mary here as well so and I don't know if this is going to be but we have a beautiful book that we created um, all of the affiliates oh, from Maze Lake awesome. Ministries came together and this is a 365 day daily devotion um, published by our Sunday visitor and um, it's, it's really great. It, it's, you know, it's just a little sampling like this. Everybody can take 90 seconds out of their morning to start their day with Mary. And it gives a little scripture quote and then a little reflection and then a little question for you to just savor throughout the day. Um, because Mary is so approachable. Mary mm. is our mother. And I think a lot of people, again, have this misconception of Mary. You know, she's, you know, secrets and everything else and no, mary's right here mary is walking the journey with us she's a mom she's jesus mom and she's you know a human being and she's just there to help us come closer to jesus so so that's one of our you know resources that we have so 
I love it. Love it. And I'm glad you brought up the Blessed Mother because here we are on this evening. We're on Fiat Ministry Network. Mm-hmm. And it's all about saying yes to Jesus Christ, just like Mary did, right? Yes, she did. So we'll lift up our prayers. I promise to our viewers here that are watching and listening that we pray for your intentions here on this network. And I'm sure I know that, Mary, that you are also praying for all the people mm-hmm. that you are, are in contact with. And yes. just want to let them know that we do care. We care about you. So please do reach out to Maze Lake Ministries at mazelakeministries.org. Please do and get mm-hmm. in touch with Dr. Mary Amore. I also wanted to make sure on the topic of our Blessed Mother is that through Patchwork Heart Ministry is a special free resource called the, the Fearless Scriptural Rosary by Bill Snyder. If you go to patchworkheart.org on the home page of the website and you join, uh, you give them the mailing list, you can get a copy, a free, beautiful PDF of this scriptural rosary. So I invite people to also to do that as well. And, uh, and I thank you so much for joining us because uh, we would love to have you back again here on Journeys in Faith. Thank you. I'd be honored. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. Now, one more invitation for those who are here with us on this show is that you can go to our Patreon site at patreon.com slash patchworkheartministry because we have a special short program called Five Minutes of Faith. And this is a show that's on that site where I will have an interview with Dr. Mary Amore. Now, that interview won't be available right away, but if you give us a day or two from uh, the airing of this broadcast, which is on uh, September 4th, Friday night, uh, we will be able to have that ready for you to watch. So Dr. Mary Amore will talk about three ways to improve your prayer life during those five minutes of faith. So again, thank you, Dr. Mary Amore. Do you have any other final words to our uh, people that are watching this show? You know, and thank, I want to thank you for the opportunity to um, to be with you. And um, I, I just want to say a word to everybody that um, God is with us, even though it's dark, even though it's chaotic in life. Um, stop what you're doing and just refocus every time you get so afraid um, and just ask God for his help. He is there with you from the Jesus story didn't end on Good Friday. It ended on Easter Sunday. So every cross we are carrying, and many that they are, will not end there. They will, God will bring us into the light of a new experience. Just got to hold on and, and give your life over to God. Praise God. That was beautiful. Thank you again, Dr. Mary Amore. Thank you. And Thank I will you. see all of you next Friday here on Journeys in Faith. Thank you so much. See you soon. Journeys of Faith is a production of Fiat Ministry Network and Patchwork Heart Ministry. For more information about Journeys of Faith, email info at fiatministrynetwork.tv. And be sure to friend, follow, and like us on social media. Just search Journeys in Faith with Ann DeSantis.